Welcome to What the Fun Podcast with Kimmy, Kisa, and Renee. Glad you can join us as we explore all aspects of entertainment and current events with industry professionals, friends, and us. Welcome. Wow, episode six. I can't believe that. Um, we have how many more episodes to go? <laughs> like eight? A lot. A lot. Uh, yeah. We have a lot more to go. <laughs> a lot more to go. But that's great, though, because, you know, we're bringing on a lot of amazing guests. And um, it's great to have, you know, all of these talented people be a part of our podcast show. So, yes. Yeah. Have you guys seen <laughs> Hamilton? <laughs> Do you guys watch it on Disney Plus? Oh my gosh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. It's cute to be watched, but I just haven't had the chance to because of just how crazy busy my schedule's been. But I've been wanting to see Hamilton so bad, even on stage. I was doing that whole lottery thing every single day for like the two months. Was it here in LA? Yeah. Yeah. It was here for two months. Yeah. Every single day I was putting myself in a lottery, hoping that I would win tickets or discounted tickets. But um, Mm -hmm. I still have yet to watch uh, Hamilton on Disney+. Plus. I failed. I failed. I failed. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. Renee, did you watch it? Yeah. (laughs) I got to, well, I didn't get to see the live performance, unfortunately, because like Kimmy, I was part of that lottery and I never won. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. then again, I never win anything. When it comes to like prizes like that. Yeah, same here. I hardly win and it's so disappointing. So I, I've given yeah. up. You I already assumed would go. that I wasn't going to win. I already assumed that I wasn't going to win anything, but I just kept doing it because it became habit. <laughs> you know, when yeah, you it go did become to a, habit. You know, when you go to a birthday party, I, like as a kid, you go to a birthday party and you would play the games and they'd give you like a gift, like you would win a prize. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never won the prize. Oh no! Oh, well, don't they just bird stuff? Don't they just like time. give you like gifts to everybody though? Like no, they give you your little baggie when you walk out the door, yeah. but that's it. Like otherwise, all these other games would happen, and I would play, and I'd never win. Oh, you were that kid. I was that kid. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god! A lot of trauma there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, how about this? How about how about this? When the piñata game happens and the candies are all out and about, were you able to at least grab a candy or two? Maybe a candy because kids or can two. be crazy. But they can, like jump on you and like you know what I mean. Like I just remember feeling like I was being under attack, so I would slowly like <laughs> get out of the. <laughs> but I was a kid that would hit the piñata and it would never break. I feel like. I, I feel like oh. I like so rarely went to birthday parties that had pinatas. Did I even? I, I must have hit a pinata at least one time when I was a kid. You know, we can always celebrate after we complete all of our episodes. We can go to the park and set up a pinata and maybe invite all of our guests, you know, previous guests, and then we can have a celebration and whack the pinata. But we better put some good pinata. candy. Yeah, we need to put good candy because oh, I good hate. Candy. Pinatas with crap candy, like Tootsie mm-hmm. Roll and like and, raisins. And what raisins. is that? Who puts Who raisins? Raisins in a pinata. Nobody wants your raisins <laughs> or trail mix. That shit is offensive. Like that makes me hate pinatas. 
ever had one like with apples and oranges? That would have been funny. I feel <laughs> like that would have been gotten like moldy, right? Like how long was it sitting in the pinata for? At this point, I'd be taking the bat and whacking the person who picked all those candies. Apple that is oranges. not cool. Oh my gosh. Um, or, or, or if you go trick-or-treating and they give you healthy shit. What the fuck is that? Excuse my language. But that used to piss me off. When they gave toothbrush and toothpastes. Who does that? I know I, I don't think that's junk ever food. happened to me. I, that's never happened to me. It's happened to me. It's happened to me. And they gave out. I, they must have been like dentists or something. But they gave out Maybe. like little mini toothpaste and toothbrushes to every trick-or-treater. I know that I'm going to be having cavities that night. Don't be giving me that shit. <laughs> anyway. When when we bought our house, like Sean was like, oh, like, let's um, pass out candy to trick-or-treaters. And I was like, I don't think we're going to get any, but okay, let's do it. So we bought, we went to Costco. We bought two huge bags, right? Two huge bags of candy to pass out to these trick-or-treaters. First of all, he wasn't home on Halloween and I wasn't home on Halloween. So where did that candy go? We ate it. <laughs> <laughs> Two huge bags. Hey, we you saved like, yourself from trick-or-treating. <laughs> <laughs> the next year I was like, we're not doing that again. <laughs> I think I actually, I think I ended up bringing it to work and just was like, I I can't. I think you did. I think you did. I can't have this candy sitting in my. It's been in my house for four months. <laughs> like I can't have it in there anymore. <laughs> oh my gosh! <sighs> hot mess. Oh my god. We digress. God. We digress. <laughs> yeah, we're a hot mess this morning. Our topics are all over the place. So um, let's let's go back to Hamilton. Hamilton. So, uh, how so times, yeah. How many times have you seen Hamilton, ladies? Whether if it was Disney Plus or live on stage. I've seen it a total of three three times the full thing and one time just like fast forwarding throughout the songs <laughs> that I liked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I saw I saw I saw it last night because my goddaughter, she uh she was like, Well, Nina, we have to get together and watch this. And I was like, okay. And I went to her garage and she had a whole screening for it. And then she was like, this musical has changed my life. Like that. And I was like, what? She goes, it's changed my life. And she starts <laughs> jumping. <laughs> How has it changed your life? And she said, it just has. The music. The music is crazy. And she starts singing all the songs. She knows all the words. I'm like, how many times have you seen this thing? <laughs> she was like, this is my fifth time, maybe. <laughs> that is okay. amazing. That okay. is awesome. That's yeah. an eight-year-old. An eight-year-old right there. I saw it twice live and then once on Disney+. Plus. Oh, so lucky. It is. It's an incredible musical. It's literally so... It's so good. And... Um, I was saying to you guys earlier that like the audience I've never seen a show live where the audience is so invested in the story but mm -hmm. the audience when you go see Hamilton is like glued they are glued to the stage you know because you know like when you go see shows live and people are like 
oh, I'm like zoning out, you know, I don't really care about this part or whatever. But not Hamilton. And even when I watched it on Disney Plus, I was like glued, literally sitting on my couch, leaning forward towards my TV. Because I was just like, this is so good. I don't even know what to say. Isn't it? It's isn't so it amazing easy. how these actors, you know, from Hamilton to all these big theatrical shows, how just how powerful they are to be able to immerse the get or audience into the stories. You know, that's wow. what inspired me wow. to want to do musicals. Like I wanted to be a storyteller and you know just mesmerize the audience and you know bring them along on this journey of you know the story that you know we're putting up on stage and so. I I truly give kudos to these actors who make you cry, that make you laugh, you know, just to feel the emotions um, and the characters that they portray. Just true, dedicated actors to their craft. Ugh. Which brings us to um, our two amazing guests who are, one, very inspiring, two, funny as hell, and three, gosh, the, the journey to where they, um, from their beginnings to where they're at now. Wow, Kisa, you got to tell us about your friends. Okay, so today on our episode, we have Jay and Tiana, who are dear friends of mine, and I love them so much because these two are inspiring. They are talented, they are hardworking, they get it done, and I just... (laughs) I just admire them. They're so good. It's it's amazing to see these two and to work with them is is truly an honor because they are incredible people and you want them in your cast. Let me tell you. Oh my gosh. They keep so it grounded. Yes, yes. I agree with that. Yay. I agree with that. <laughs> So welcome to our show, Jay and Tiana. You're hired. You're hired. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Text in the mail. Yes. Thank you. Well, welcome, you guys. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for having me. Me too. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, all right, so let's share some of your background with our listeners, beginning with the fact that both of you have successful careers in musical theater from, you know, what, let's see, national tours to Broadway. Good heavens, oh my gosh. Oh, I would pay millions to be on Broadway and much in between. Okay, so today, friends, everyone, we are going to be taking a look at what made these two successful because, like Kisa mentioned earlier, your approach to the work and how you carry yourselves on and off stage is quite inspiring no matter the line of work you do, because I know Tiana, you also do film and television. And that is so freaking amazing to toggle between um, film and television and um, being on stage. So yes, we definitely want to take a look at the work that both of you do in and outside of entertainment. So let's start off with how you came to the decision of following a career in musical theater, because I would like to know so I can get some tips to get back on stage because I want to perform again. Uh, For me, uh, it kind of all just started happening before I could even realize what was going on. I got into theater, like really started taking it serious late. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I needed a lot of guidance. and I knew I had to go to school. And at that time, I didn't know if I wanted to pursue football because I started to get interest in college. Or Mm -hmm. um, I started at the same time, started um, really loving 
theater more. But that's kind of what it was for me. And so when I got to college, I didn't even have, I was not accepted the first time. So I didn't have a major, but something I just knew. I was like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. And kind of the stars started aligning with my roommate happened to be a theater ed major. He happened to be going to the same audition, happened to have an audition book because all of my luggage got lost. Um, and so everything just kind of just started falling into place. And um, it was just, it was just something I knew. I, I would imagine how anyone feels if they want to, you know, own their own company or, you know, become a teacher. I, I think it's that same burning, you know, kind of passion. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is what I have to do. You know, for mm-hmm. me, I needed the education um, to just, you know, to have something to, because I was starting from nothing. So for me, yeah, yeah. school was the only choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I um I felt the same way, Jay, although I had grown up and maybe started community theater a little bit sooner than you did, I couldn't imagine myself doing anything else. And then when I found out like musical theater, like studying musical theater was an option, I was in. So um I applied for a bunch of different schools. I auditioned for NYU. That was one of my top schools. You know, all of the California, like San Diego, Long Beach, and mm-hmm. UCLA, I'd really loved, but was actually the only school I got into. That was the mm-hmm. only one, which mm-hmm. is crazy because... Oh. Um, UCLA? It, yes. Oh. That's the only school I got into. And so I, I just, I went with that. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, this is, this is my only option. And I guess I have to, <laughs> I'm going to go to college. That's so and- funny. That's <laughs> like me not accepted. I'm like, I'm going to go anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Which is crazy because it's some people, you know, like it's some people's dream school. And yeah. um, so like, I've, I'm very fortunate, very fortunate, but I was ready when I was getting all these, like, you did, you did not get accepted. I was like, mm-hmm. cool. I'm going to move to LA and figure it out. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, truly, I was like, awesome. I'll take, I'll take acting class. You know, I was trying to convince my, my parents, but, like I didn't mm-hmm. need it, yeah. but mm-hmm. I'm so, I'm so glad that I went because I am, um, it was a great, it was a great experience. And the people that I met, um, I wouldn't trade, you know, mm-hmm. for anything. Mm-hmm. So, so, when you start landing the job, so you, you graduate from high school, from high school, you go to college, you're at college, you go through your program, you start auditioning, you land your first gig. And then how hard was that transition going from, you know, being in school, you're kind of in a bubble, right? You're, you're working and you're getting the jobs, you're, you're getting cast, you're doing, you're working on your craft, you're doing your thing, but then you got into the real world. And what was like the first shocker for you of like, oh, this isn't going to work or I have to readjust or I have to look at things differently. What was that experience like moving into the professional realm? Honestly, it was, it was intimidating. I, I have to give, um, you know, some credit to, to my college. We, our senior year, you, you do um, this class where they kind of prepare you for sort of real world as, mm-hmm. you know, they, as best as they can. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I moved, to, I moved to New York, so it was very intimidating. I literally would just sit in those studios, Chelsea Studios, Pearl Studios, and just listen to the kids around me talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it does go back to just like kind of learning who you are and kind of bellying up. I knew at the end of the day, when I walked into that room, what I could bring mm-hmm. to that room. You know what I mean? It took a while to get there, but I knew just again by listening, like, 
okay, I'd stand outside that door and hear the three people ahead of me go, okay, okay, you know, mm-hmm. I know I can do this. I know that there's something that I can bring from my life experience that is not is not here. And to me, that's one of the greatest things I got from school. So that transition of um, of getting out into the real world, I kind of had a little bit of that, but it's 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 doggy world now, doggy yeah. doggy world out there. <laughs> you, especially as a black as a black man, musical theater performer, it is a very very doggy world, doggy dog world. And it's mm-hmm. not to say that like you know we're attacking or anything like that, but it, you know back then you might see a little more now, but back then it was like one black guy, one black girl, so you mm-hmm. were really after a spot, you know. Yeah. And it took me a while to realize that you know I've never been six pack, you know, this Aladdin guy. So I really had to bring something, you know, extra to the room. Mm-hmm, it is right. Like knowing who you are, like, you know, at the center of your soul. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I, I agree, Jay. I, um, I have to give credit to, um, my teachers in college as well, because we were pretty set up with creating our book, you know, our repertoire of songs of different genres and uh, styles for auditions. Mm -hmm. Uh, As far as working after that transition was different. I had worked during college. I'd done like regional productions, musical theater West, Mm -hmm. but um, transitioning into like, I I mentioned the the national tour. I I got hired for sister act and at the Pantages in LA. And I was supposed to cover Dolores Van Cartier uh, be in the ensemble, but cover Dolores Van Cartier as a 22 year old. Wow. <laughs> like 21. I think I was 21 when I got it. And so I'm like, I've never, I never was a lead in college. Mm-hmm. I never, um, I would did the spring musicals, but I never was like the title character or the lead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was terrifying for me. Um, and obviously like my work ethic, everything building up was like fine. And it was there, but that Mm -hmm. scared me like being Mm -hmm. the only person on that stage and like holding the story Mm -hmm. was terrifying. And it took some learning after, after that whole situation happened, like through Carrie, the musical and through frozen Mm -hmm. for me to really, really find like what that was for me and like how to hold a stage and feel mm-hmm. also deserving because mm-hmm. after after that situation, I didn't feel like I deserved to be to be the lead. You know, I was like, yeah. okay, well, this isn't for me, or maybe this isn't my whatever. You know, so it took a while to like build up the confidence for that, and like mm-hmm. working and um, training to be a lead, a leading actress in a like Broadway tour is is something that um, I, I wish that I had like more experience. And I don't even know how that would have happened in college, but like more experience mm-hmm. doing. Yeah. Well, it's like you said, like you kind of need to go, you need to have a life experience behind you to get you to that spot. You can't just yeah. assume that you are, you're going to be there. That you're like, I'm ready to go. You still need to fail in order to grow and you need Amazing. to yeah. get those lessons. in. now when you, audition now at the stage that you're at. I mean, you have a repertoire, right? You're successful. You keep getting your gigs. What is that mentality when you walk into the door? What is what is it that you prepare yourself for? How do you 
exude that confidence or mm-hmm. assume the confidence, right, to get that job? Um, I'd say one, like be confident in, in your instruments and like what you bring to the table and know your strengths Mm -hmm. because if you are going into a situation and you feel like you're the weak, you know, you're weak in this part or weak, they're going to feel that and you're not going to get the job. So think of the four agreements, right? Like the best you can, you don't make any assumptions or expectations. Mm -hmm. Like those things are so crucial in those moments because the second that you doubt yourself, the second that you get caught up in like the waiting room and looking around and like comparing yourself is when you mess up your vibe. Um, being prepared like is huge. Like that, that is going to give you the confidence that you need. Um, and it gives me the confidence that I need is like, and that means, yeah, knowing your material and also like being, being warm or like doing what you got to do in the morning to feel good Mm -hmm. and feel strong so that you like can walk into a room confident and like the casting and creatives feel like, Oh, she's dope. I want her in my show or like, yeah, she feels good about herself or I like, you know, I, what, whatever. Um, that's an energy, that's an energy that you bring as well. So all those things combined being prepared and preparing your body, your mind, your voice. And then also the material is like, Mm -hmm. for me, I think that that's what gives me confidence. Now I will, I'll co-sign that all day. To me, that's, you know, at the top of the list is, is preparation. And this industry at the end of the day, it really, uh, it almost has nothing to do with you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You, you could have it. I've had some amazing, you know, auditions. Uh, uh, we both have a friend named Camila Marshall. And she, you know, we were joking around one day. and She was like, I had a great audition for this show. And, you know, I'm still waiting for that callback. And that show closed five years ago. That show. Remember that audition. I'm like, <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, that had that had nothing to do with me or you know you lose jobs to friends and you know all the time so it really mm-hmm. is about the work that you do before you get in that room and um and really knowing what you can bring to a project because a lot of times especially now i'm seeing more roles that i would never audition for that i'm uh reading for now because people's minds are starting to open mm-hmm. you know yeah. starting to consider and it's actually forcing me to stop telling myself some of the narrative i've always told myself yes oh, usually no, usually a white person would play that. No, I don't have that. I That's not something I would go in for. Mm-hmm. This doesn't feel like me. It's like, why doesn't mm-hmm. that feel like you? You still have all this life experience, but you know, you mm-hmm. kind of have to um, kind of deprogram yourself a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it is about, you know, exactly what Tana said. It is all about, to me, preparation, you know, and then jumping off of that. Um, something you said yesterday, Tiana, was... When you would go and see shows, you would cast yourself in in those roles. <laughs> yeah. And I think now, especially nowadays and with current events and what's happening in this world, I think a lot more shows are trying to do colorblind casting. They're trying to be open-minded and how they cast their shows. So what kind of roles do both of you see yourselves in? Do you want to play the lead? Do you want to be in the ensemble? Like, what do you, I guess, what are you telling yourself so that you're not 
putting yourself in, well, this show only has one black male lead, one black female lead, or not even a lead, just a person in the show, you know? So like, now what do you tell yourself? For me, I think the older I get and the more I work, it is about uh, leveling up to an extent. Um, It's just a matter of what what you want to do. And I think that also goes back to like having confidence and, um, and what Tiana said, like knowing, saying it's okay, like, no, I am deserving to, to, to be here. You mm-hmm. know, when you get that taste of, um, you know, what it is to stand in front of a company and lead a company. And I remember the same reasons why I started it. I remember f- that feeling of like, I mean, when Brian Stokes Mitchell came out, you know, and just stood on that stage in ragtime, and then mm-hmm. Audrey McDonald came out and stood right next, I was just like, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I oh like, my God. Yeah. It's just like everything, you know, it's, I still think of that moment and it still like inspires me to, to keep going. And honestly, like if the work is, is good and if something is great, like no matter, you know, I, now I think people are more open to it a little bit, but you know, if you believe in something, it really isn't about the money. Sometimes it is mm-hmm. like, what's this connection or, mm-hmm. you know, or this is something I've never have seen or you know no one's been courageous enough to tell this story or, or i would love to like lend my voice to to um to this story you know mm-hmm. so i think it's just a it's just a matter of you know going back to who you are and what you want really mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah i agree um and i guess seeing a show now truly not a bunch has changed as far yeah. as you know even um in the last show that I did in New York, like there were maybe five or five or six of us out of a big company, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people of color, but um, yeah. So there, I think there's definitely still some work to do. And mm-hmm. um, I think that I've been lucky enough to be that person that has kind of like pushed the boundaries as far as like, what, what are we looking for, for this fictional character mm-hmm. that is like never existed in real life. <laughs> And like being, being that person that, that, um, that sort of like helps to break those boundaries. Mm-hmm. But I just think that that more black stories need to be told. Mm-hmm. And like, I, yeah. that's where I see myself is like, I want more of that. Like mm-hmm. I, it's not even like where on, on the stage do I want to see myself, but it's like, what shows do I want to see? And what brought me back to LA was, was all the stories that, um, I was reading, you know, in the pilots and the films that were, um, in process and trying to be mm-hmm. made, you know, I was looking at all of that material, like, wow, this is, and we talked about this yesterday, like, this is pushing boundaries. This is controversial. This is making people think. And like, mm-hmm. those, those are the projects I want to be involved in. Um, yeah. and like at, in whatever capacity, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think the stories are like, really, really important and more stories like that need to be told. Yeah. 100%. I mean, when I started off doing theater, when I was in high school, like, I think the show that was like, man, like this is it was when I saw once on this Island, which is ironic because Jay are in that tour, but it's like literally it's like my favorite show because I was like, Oh my God, like, this is amazing. Like this demonstration of culture that you don't really see all that often. And it's not really done that often. And it's such an amazing show and the music is so good. Um, 
I think that was when I was like, like I have to be a part of, of storytelling. I have to be a part of theater. Like this is it, you know? Yeah. So I love that show and being on the road and, you know, unfortunately we closed due to the COVID as well. Right. Uh, Vegas. It was, it was quite a time to be going across the country with mm-hmm. an all black cast mm-hmm. telling the story. It was mm-hmm. also, you know, especially such a political time across the country. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was, it was tough at times. It forced you to have a lot of conversations. And now, you know, you're starting to see the pressure of conversation happening in the, the Broadway community. But um, it is doing a show like that that a lot of people didn't know about. A lot of people, you know, don't even know, don't even get the colorism within the show and how it forces you, you know, to listen to these stories. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very... It was very eye-opening, mm-hmm. you know, and it really brought us to some really truthful moments, you know, on on the road. And you know, we had some great conversations with people that we that we've met. And I've seen it twice now. Before then, I was out on the road at, uh, as Harpo, the color purple. So to be to have toured this country with yeah. two cast and see how you know those stories and how our stories are being told, you know, is quite something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, once on side is beautiful because it, it's so celebratory. But you know, one thing is it's like Tiana, I want more black stories. I want more celebratory stories. Mm-hmm. I want mm-hmm. more, you know when yeah. even, you know, I want more black, you know, rom com stories. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you know, like Dear Evan Hansen, you know, like shows like, you know, we want we want all those kind of like great, great things. We mm-hmm. wanna be we want a show developed where the family is black first. And you know what I mean? Or Asian first. Yeah. Or yeah. That, sh- that should be the go-to where, you know, it's now, uh, it's now past the point of like, okay, it's, it's not just enough to, you know, be the first you know, black or, or you know, the, yeah, yeah. Like, that's uh-huh. not, that's not exciting. It's also not our story, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. you know, in uh, Tiana's regard, moving to LA and like seeing these things, like, I think, I think you're starting to see it. Like voices are rising and things are coming up and, you know, it's an exciting, it's an exciting time again to really to be an actor and like see these stories happening. And, you mm-hmm, know, yeah. and we have so many great stories. You just can't do uh, these classic stories anymore. Especially, it's hard to do to audition for these roles mm-hmm. with a twenty twenty perspective. Yeah, so, yeah. I love musical theater and theater all day long, and you know, but some things, you know, you kind of just have to let them lie because they just don't resonate yeah. uh, mm-hmm. with, with uh, what's going on, what you see, which, you know, arts reflect the love, life around yeah. now. We definitely yeah. need a new prescription for our glasses. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I, it, this excites me because you already see it. it. You know, watching Netflix, there's just so many different shows and they're showing the humanity behind it. And, uh, even with things like a, a show that we've been, I've been telling them to watch, and I think Kisa finally caught up was um, Never Have I Ever, like things like that. <gasps> I was just about to. Oh, oh my god, I was just about to bring that up. It is such a good show, and yes. like, so good. I loved. I love the story. I love the. You know, I don't know. Like, how often do you get to see, like, a, a you know, Indian girl in, in high school yes. tr- going through. Yeah. And you know what she has? She's going through her struggles of losing her dad and and um this and that and, and dealing with that. And I cried like a baby yes. in the finale. Yes. Like, I love it. 
Everyone go watch Never Have I Ever. Yes. It's so good. So good. It's so good. Add it uh, to my queue. I'll add it to my oh, queue. Yeah. yeah you, have, you're really, you would love it, Kimmy. You would love it. You would love it. The writing is also so good. <laughs> it's so good. It and um, it's really, it's just it's spot on yeah. as well. It's very like, honest. Everything. Very honest. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love that. So I'm curious to know, you guys have booked a lot of jobs, performing in a lot of productions. What is it like working on a national tour versus Broadway versus a theme park? Um, I mean, I said this yesterday, but it's like, same shit, different states, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, if you, like there's there's going to be all different types of personalities and i i think the safe place to operate is like how how you treat your theme park job should be how you treat your broadway job and yeah. that's um like that's it <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, a big thing for me was the tours especially taught me how to how to grow up cuz you're by yourself a lot yeah and a big thing of you get into theater and you're like, oh, I'm meeting people, you know, every couple of weeks and I have a new group of friends for the next six to eight weeks. And one of the hardest things to learn for me, and sometimes I have to still remind myself is like, not everyone is your friend. Not everyone mm-hmm. is on your side. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you really have to um, know when to hold them and know when to fold them. I love a quote. So. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that's, that's a good one. That yeah, is so. Because you can't you can't fight every battle and some, mm-hmm. you know, some things you do have to, to, to walk away from and kind of just like, okay, you know what? This is not, this is not where, you know, I can let this go and walk away. But mm-hmm. it, it really is. I think at any level, I think depending on where you are is what you're, you know, you're going to see. There's always going to be something wrong or um, you're going to want to change yeah. The grass and the grass, you know, the grass is always greener as we say too. But when I hear people talk bad about, um, or start to like rank, you know, yeah, this, and I think it's all in your mind. I think it's yeah. like, if you're going to treat this like a theme park job, then it is a theme park job. If yeah. you're going to treat right. this like it's a second national tour and not a first national tour, mm-hmm. that's what it's going to be for you. Mm-hmm. But if you treat every job like it's Broadway, what then it's Broadway and it's Broadway. Yeah. I worked at Tokyo Disney. I remember sitting in the beautiful Broadway, uh, what was it called? The Broadway theater. That's what Mm -hmm. what they called this theater that we performed in. And I'm sitting there during tack and my friend Kwame looks at me and he was like, you know what? This is my Broadway. I may not get, I might not get to Broadway, but this is it for me. This is the most beautiful theater I've ever seen in my whole entire life. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we get to do this every day, I was like, Wow. And as yeah. someone who initially took that job as, you know, and who was kind of apprehensive and mm-hmm. about that process and going abroad or like I'd never worked for Disney before, but working at Tokyo Disney wasn't on my radar, mm-hmm. you know, it really wasn't. And so going into that process, I was like, mm, you know, my shoulders yeah. like this. And I, I was still trying to build up my confidence from actor sister act. But after hearing him say that, I was like, wow. And that has always stuck with me because it is how you treat each job that you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like, that is huge. That is so, so huge. I love that. Yeah. That is so huge. 
Yeah, it's being grateful for what you have, being present in what you have. Even now with all this pandemic and everything that's going on in the world, I always try to find the positive because I know that it's giving gateway to something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like everything that's been happening over the past week or so, if not mm-hmm. months or so, it's all giving way to something good. And it's just enjoying this present moment. What you're doing, your the timing of your life is very important. And well said. Well I said. Mean, here we are doing this lovely podcast and we wouldn't have had that opportunity, <laughs> you know, yeah. if we were still yeah. working. I mean, it's, it is true. And like, I think something that started with Oprah's Super Soul podcast, mm-hmm. <laughs> always, I love her mm-hmm. so much. And like in her little intro, it's like, it's, she's like making sure you're taking time to be more fully present. And I remember the first time I heard that, I was like, what? Yeah. Like I need to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like probably within the last year, I've just been like having like setting a daily routine because I need structure and I need, you know, to have my process so that I can come to work every single day. Cause I know that when, when I walk in being the stage manager of a building, people are going to feel my energy. So every day it, and it's, it is hard because you have to make sure that you're you put in that work so that when you do walk in, it is positive. And then the day turns around. Everyone's like, we're going to have a great day. We're going to have good shows. We're here. We're doing our job. And that's how it goes. Totally. And I think that that applies as well when you are receiving energy too, because that's mm. something like you have no control over. So, you know, how you respond rather than react really kind of also dictates like the temperature and of, of a workplace. When I when I'm down, I'm really down. When I'm up, I'm really up and I think sometimes because of that, because like I can put on a good face when I go to work, sometimes people expect that out of me. And if I am having a down day, like where is my lukewarm? How can I find how can I find and take care of myself mm-hmm. so that it's like we're okay, right. you know? Yeah. Um because it is so connected what happens off stage and also on stage is so connected. So taking stock of that, I think is really, really important. Yeah. yeah. And also just, and just knowing again, like I think kind of setting boundaries, I have to you know, always remind myself and especially, you know, cause uh, what we do is so intimate. You don't know yeah. what people are going through and, you know, a stage manager is going to have a bad day. Your dress is going to have a bad day. Your co-star is going to, you know, anything mm-hmm. can go wrong. But I think like, I think now we're in a place where, you know, we see the slogans. It's okay to not be okay. But that was like a huge thing for me. I had to mm-hmm. years ago. It's like, you know, oh God, you look like you're in a bad mood or things like, you know, it took a lot for me to be like, today is not the best day. Thanks for checking up on me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah. I just do my own thing. I think we also need to be empowered. To say it. To say that, you know, yeah. I think we're so conditioned like, oh, you you do musicals for a living. Like, what do you have to be miserable? It's like, no, that's, that's, that's my job. You know what I mean? But I think we also have to kind of teach people how to treat us. Right. You know what I mean? Ooh, yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah. That's a good I, one. Yeah. It's one of my Tony Robbins, uh, you get what you tolerate. That's good. You know, it's, you know, if people are used to, like Tiana, like always seeing you happy and smiling, you know, and I used to always take that and be like, yeah, but on the days when it was so hard and I had not a laugh or a joke to give, you know, I found yeah. that 
we got them just for that. Today's not the day. I love you. Thanks for checking in. But. Yeah. What are the practices that you that you do um, to keep yourselves grounded, to keep yourselves uh, in healthy? What are the what are those things that you do for yourselves? I feel like we do the same thing. I bet. I know we probably do. <laughs> Probably do the same thing. Um, I've adopted uh, doing morning pages and having mm-hmm. like time, you know, this time in quarantine has like been really revealing and crazy because it's forced, I think, everyone to take risks in looking inside themselves and really looking in the mirror and reevaluating what is going on and what's what traits you like and what traits you don't like <laughs> and, yeah. and how you want and how you want to live your life. Um, um, also reading and, you know, trying to shut off my phone and like reading has been really, really great for me. I really, really love uh, Pima Schroedren. I don't know if I'm saying her last name right. I don't know. But she's <laughs> okay. also on um, Super Soul Sunday. She's had a few talks with Oprah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I read her book, The Places That Scare Us. I just finished the book during quarantine, like just mm-hmm. did, because the material is just so dense. I mean, it's a small book, but like, what she's talking about mm-hmm. is so good and what you, what is going to be best uh, for you and processing it is really taking your time so you can practice everything in the book. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that and like really being um, conscious of the things I put in my body. Mm. Uh, like the food I eat. And Jay, I know that you can relate because you know, you have the gluten uh, and everything, but mm-hmm. Like that, um, that I've noticed, you know, your gut is responsible for 70% of your serotonin and your body. And like, you know, that gut feeling is, is that, that, that is a thing for a reason, you know, um, it's your second brain. And I think if you're taking care of yourself in that way, it helps everything else. Mm -hmm. And so doing that has been has been really good for me and like, you know, being very conscious about the things that I, I I feed my mind and feed my body, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, hashtag same. (laughs) (laughs) What are your sayings? (laughs) Well, Jay, Jay has like a huge gluten intolerance. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. Um, That was, yeah, and didn't know, right? You didn't know for a long time when I first met you. Yeah. You were a different you. I was yeah. completely uh, different. It was another friend that we worked with, Justin Baden, who was like, maybe you should get checked. We were doing Memphis at NTW. Mm. And it kind of all came to a head for me. But it was exactly that. You know, it's so funny that like now I think this is it's 2023 years now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, since I found out. And I, do feel like a completely different person. I mean, people, I think the biggest thing was like, I don't feel so cloudy and yeah. I just feel so present. Um, so that was the beginning of that. And that also culminated with, I had just come out of a 10 year relationship and all of this was going on and manifesting and kind of like that all came to a head all around the same time. Cause I mm-hmm. had just been keeping all this stuff in and, holding in all these feelings all the while poisoning myself with things my body couldn't even process. And, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I kind of was on the road to being healthy. I was being dragged, you know, then 
So my body really just started this, I think was a physical manifestation of everything I'd held in um, in that unhealthy relationship, Mm -hmm. everything. I'm just so reclusive by nature as a middle child. um, I keep everything in. And so, and I kind of, I'm just so cerebral and I'll work things out in my head, you know, and, and yeah. but it really is what uh, Tiana said. I read a lot. I'm so big on words and quotes and just energy. And um, I believe there's just a bigger purpose to all this. I was causing myself so much pain that I was like, I have, I'm giving people way too much power over mm-hmm. what I can. Mm-hmm. take back control over it so it really was you know i read a lot of books mind platter was a big huge one for me oh. um, and this other book called come matter here actually you know was a big shift but yeah i think you know exactly like tiana said just music and just finding the things that really feed me and it, and it was reading i forgot i love to read i totally forgot about it until i really just started reading one day i was like oh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So as we are wrapping up, we just uh, do a little words of wisdom. We just ask our guests to just give our listeners a little, little words of wisdom about whatever, whatever you think about. I think, especially during a time like this, when everything's just kind of slower, is really just paying attention to yourself, really honoring yourself, really like. You know, I think we get so, I don't know what to do. I don't know what step to take. I don't know like, what's going to work out. Do I have enough money? Mm-hmm. Take a breath and just, you know, I, I really think like at the end of the day, you know exactly what you want to do, where you want to be, the kind mm-hmm. of person mm-hmm. uh, you want to be, what you want to leave in this, you know, in this world. I feel like this is such an exciting time to, to figure that out. I, you know, that was, um, what? Couple, a week ago to protest and like actually get out on the street and like scream and be with like-minded people. Like I would have never thought I wouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. And I almost talked myself out of going from mm-hmm. being so loud and so and being out there. But you know, I know at the end of the day, like that's the person I am. Mm-hmm. And I believe that, that I am, but, you know, to fight for others. And I've gone through a lot of stuff in my life personally, and, you know, put things out there and a lot of things. I deal with, you know, on my own. And it's just, I know the way that I feel and I don't, if I can do anything to be a light to anyone else, you know, and if you can do that, I think that's what our biggest gift is. And sometimes it is just changing one or two people around you. You yeah. know, that's yeah. what can change the world. It's it's almost like, you know, as fast as like the coronavirus, the COVID can spread, like that's really what love can do as well. Like it is just, you meet one person and that person is infected with what you taught them. And hopefully they go back and they talk to two or three people and right. it spreads really that fast and change can happen. It's so cliche, but like having seen it and lived it, like it really is possible to, um, to just find who you are at the end of the day and let that shine and let that truly propel you to, to be the person that you were called to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's beautiful. Jay, I so agree with you. And I I think like, oh, man, I was, when you were speaking of, I, I'm like, just yes, yes to everything you're saying, because <laughs> I totally agree. Um, and four things, four, my words of wisdom are four things. And that is own your power, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. I think like, 
finding that is so difficult and like, um, you know, really owning who you are, finding who you are, um, and knowing when you walk into a room that you have an impact and you have a power and you can set the tone, you can set the temperature in any situation. And mm-hmm. um, I think knowing that you have that power gives you the opportunity to to really influence and um, and also manif- manu- and manifest, you know, um, the things that you want in your life, in your career, in your relationships, whatever the case may be. And the second thing is, with that, that's kind of like tied to it is finding your voice. And, um, and I think when you find that for yourself, then it is, uh, reflected in, and how you approach every, every situation, every encounter, every experience. Um, and finding your voice can then help, help you and lead you to being an advocate for yourself being an mm-hmm. advocate for other people and speaking up. And I'm just learning about all of that. And I haven't been, you know, again, whenever like I do these things, I'm, I'm always like having to interject and say, like, I'm not on a high horse because I'm telling, <laughs> I'm telling you the story that like, I need to tell myself mm-hmm. truly. So yeah. like, I love that this conversation is happening because I, I need to hear it too. And I need to be reminded that, that, um, my voice matters. And, um, and I have power in that voice, Mm -hmm. you know, and those things all make up who you are. So you have to be as gentle as possible with you. Give yourself some grace, like take a break, take a breather Mm -hmm. so that you can be the best version of yourself for, for others, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys. Thank you. You guys are so amazing. Yes. Yay. Thank you so much, you guys. Thank I feel like a little extra great. motivated and inspired. I've been doodling little little quotes here oh, from you guys. Yeah. I have all these post-its right here, like all these books and like all the sayings. <laughs> like I'm keeping that one. I'm keeping that one. <laughs> truly, Yay. truly inspiring. Awesome. It was thank really you. great seeing you guys. Dion and Jay, thank you so much for joining us. It was truly an honor having you both on the show. I am fangirling right now. Ugh. To all of our listeners out there who are also fangirling, boying, or just fanning away, you can follow Tiana and Jay on Instagram at j.donnell, D-O-N-N-E-L-L, and Tiana at T-E-E underscore O-H-H-H. Follow them on Instagram, and also don't forget to follow us at Rikiki Productions. Yes! Leave us a message or comment at Rikiki Productions on Facebook and Instagram. And if you didn't know this, we have a YouTube channel. So feel free to subscribe to it at Rikiki Production. And not only can you subscribe to us on YouTube, you can subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean. Make sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date on all of our latest shenanigans. We post new episodes of What the Fun podcast every other Friday. Thanks for listening. Bye, everyone.